Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Greetings, Brewer fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Brew Crew Review Podcast. This is podcast number 78, and I'm your host, Vince Travato, joined here on the set by Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you today? Uh, could be better. Um, we're taping Sunday night, so not a super great uh, three-game series with the Giants, but, you know, all in all, not horrible. I'm in a pretty good mood, all things considered. I'm sure that our listeners were concerned about your mood, but... Um, Scott, are we joined on the set today by uh, by Craig or Chad? You know anything about their whereabouts today? Um, I believe that Craig might be hosting a birthday party for Chad, maybe a surprise party. Um, but yeah, happy birthday, Chad! Yeah, happy birthday, Chad! And thanks for all that you do for the podcast. Uh, Otherwise, he would be here. There. If it wasn't for the party. Yeah, no, and I wish that we could be at his party as well. So that's, uh, we're all we're all missing out, but. Um, in any event, okay, well, that sounds good. Let's get right into it uh, today, Scott. So we've got a, uh, you know, shorter shorter couple games to look at here because it was the all-star break, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, Brewers go one and two in the home series after the first series after the break against the Giants. Um, not a great series. Gave up a lot of runs. Scott, do you want to bring out that stat that your intern uh, got? How many runs did we give up this series? Uh, we gave up. 22 runs in three games to one of the worst offenses in the league. Yeah. So now, not looking good. I guess let's, let's, you know, start delving into what went wrong um, here with the loss uh, today on Sunday and then also on Friday night's game. And, you know, quite frankly, Saturday's game was also blown by the bullpen. um, And it was late inning heroics that uh, secured at least one win in the series for the Brewers. Um, What's going on with the pitching here, Scott? I don't know, but no, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, if it wasn't for those late inning heroics, we would have been swept. Unbelievable. By the Giants. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, I mean, kind of really, really depressing. I mean, it just seems like we can't have any faith whatsoever in the Brewers' bullpen locking down a lead uh, late in the game. Um, usual suspects uh, today were Corbin Burns and Matt Elbers. Uh, you want to have your intern give you uh, Corbin Burns's pitching line today Scott oh man I don't know if we are gonna have well that much time it's not good just I'm just gonna warn everybody that this part of the podcast is brought to you by Pepto-Bismol or Rolaids <laughs> something now Rolaids means relief so it has to be Pepto-Bismol which you know it, yeah it would be ironic I guess it, it would so do you have the stats today uh give me a minute we can look them up but we can talk about how uh, you know, this seemed like an entertaining game, and it was close late, and then it wasn't close late. So, Yeah, and I guess just as a thematic topic, you know, Corbin Burns, and we've discussed it on several other podcasts, unfortunately, has truly just not ever found it this year. Um, he's pitched atrociously in 2019 after having a very strong year out of the bullpen last season uh, as a rookie. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with him, and I'm sure that the Brewers coaching staff and, and front office are – trying to figure out the same thing. I mean, this is a guy, you don't just lose your stuff, uh, you know, from year to year, especially a guy that young. Um, what do you think is going on with Corbin Burns, and, and why is it that he is unable to um, find any modicum of success this year coming out of the Brewers' bullpen? 
Um, well, okay, it looks like we actually do have that stat line finally. Um, he faced four batters. He gave up four hits, four earned runs, and uh, did not retire anyone. So, Yeah, and this is his third time in the big leagues this year. He's already been demoted to San Antonio twice um, during the season, uh, you know, in, in just the first half alone. So we'll see what the next couple of months hold, holds for him. But I can't imagine that the Brewers can continue to burn a spot in the bullpen with a guy that's truly just been so ineffective in getting out. I, you know, it's mind-boggling to me that he's still put in in tight games. And I say this liking Corbin Burns. It's just he, the results just are simply not there. Um, on a year this year, he's 1-4. He's got an 8.22 ERA in the big league, 29 games pitched, which is one – well, actually, with today's performance, that ERA is going to go up. That does not include today's numbers. Um, and this is the 30th game of the year today, which is the same amount of games that he threw last year um, for the crew. Yeah, I don't know. 8.22 ERA. 8.22 ERA. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean – 46 innings pitched. Yeah, it's just atrocious. 62 hits given up in 46 innings pitched. Uh, and and um, I'll let you go with your thoughts now, Scott. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just looked at it this year, and I really thought that he was going to be a huge part of this bullpen. I actually thought that um, potentially he could even wind up being the closer for this team this year. And it obviously has not happened. Um, it's weird because his stuff is great. He still is one of the best sliders in the game. Um, he, his fastball hits 98. Like everything about him says is it should be like successful. And not only that, but it's a total tease because he'll have one game where he'll go out there for an inning. He'll strike out the side. He'll look amazing. And then he'll go out in his next outing and just be completely blown up. Um, his, his pitch location is just it just has not been there. I mean, he has fastballs that are getting way too much to the plate and sliders that if he overthrows them, they just, it's like the cement mixer that just spins up there and just gets smashed. Yeah. That's a interesting, but fitting analogy. Um, I think the I cement mean, the mixer side... line, I think I stole that from Bill Schroeder. He says that all the time. So. Oh, you did. Okay. Sounds good. Well, he's the rock. Um, so, you know, the only glimmer of hope, and to your point, looking at some of these numbers, he does have 67 strikeouts um, and only 20 walks on the year. That being said, he's also given up 16 home runs. I don't know when the last time it was that a pitcher gave up almost the same amount of home runs as he did did walks. Um, it's just it's it's mind-boggling looking at, looking at some of these stats. Last year, he gave up four home runs in 29 games. This year, he's given up 16 uh, in 29. How many home runs did he give up today? Did he give up? Oh, no, runs. he kept the ball in the park. Okay, so he's given up 16 home runs in 30 games this year, and he gave up four in 29 last season. That's just it's crazy to me. So I, I guess what we should probably do is, I, I mean, I don't want to hammer Corbin Burns all day because, I mean, it, it is frustrating, of course, because not only because he's pitching so poorly, but because we had such high hopes for him going into this year. And I think that that's, that kind of, you know, obviously makes it even even more troubling. Yeah. But, yeah, um, but there's – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, let's just play a little game called uh, the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen. And um, I'll just read through the names of, of people in the pen right now, uh, just like the usual suspects. So if I miss one, it's – don't be mad. Well, let's, let's – can we get to that in about 10 seconds? I just wanted to make yeah. one more point just to hammer on Burns one seconds, more time. I guess. Yeah, uh, right. And – that is is that there's a third problem here too it's not just that we had high hopes for him and that he's pitching poorly it's also that this is a guy that probably was one of our better trade chips 
uh, at the deadline last year. We kept him, obviously, and he could conceivably have been a trade chip this year as well. Um, clearly, his stock has had to have gone way down. So, you know, if the Brewers are looking at making moves this deadline, and we'll get to that later on in the show, um, whether we should be sellers or buyers uh, in a few weeks, or um, if we could have gotten something for him last year. I, I don't know that we're at the point where we want to give up on a guy like Corbin Burns yet with that talent, but just throwing it out there that his trade stock has also decreased dramatically or it has to have had uh, just because of his performance this season. Okay, the rant, rant is done. <laughs> no, absolutely. And you can actually um, – well, we could go on a whole side rant about um, what's happened with uh, just the Brewers' you know, top prospects in general. I mean, if you looked at potential – trade chips you'd look at Corey Ray Hurt Zach Brown Hurt hasn't pitched as well as he probably would like to I mean all of our best chips I mean at this point our best trade chip it, it well it's definitely um Keston Hero but we really want to hang on to him you know <laughs> yeah no I, I agree I think the Keston has kind of penciled himself in as the second baseman of the future especially with Mike Moustakis being a free agent uh, at the end of the year and then with Travis Shaw's poor play this season um, making Moustakis move back to third. It, it kind of becomes irrelevant, Moustakis' contract status. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. You'd think that a guy like, you know, Bryce Terang is going to have some trade value, but I don't know, again, that the Brewers want to trade a guy like that. Um, he's putting up great numbers and just got promoted uh, in A-ball. So, you know, it, it, it is a bit difficult to kind of envision who from the Brewers' system is going to be viewed that strongly by other teams if we were trying to put together a package uh, at the deadline if we're going to be buyers. Now, if we're going to be sellers, and again, we can get into this in more detail later, but, you know, I, then you've got to add a guy like Corey Knable to that disappointment list because he was a guy who I think would have fetched quite a bit on the trade market um, this season as a closer, a proven closer, provided that he had pitched at all like he did in September of last year or in the year before that. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it, if it actually gets to the point where we say, hey, we're going we're gonna to be sellers and try to reload for next year, you have to look at um, potentially trying to see if um, Musakis or Groundell, both of them have a, a mutual option for next year. And to be honest, if this team continues to underachieve this year, I don't see why either one of those guys would uh, want to stick around, especially when you think that they're both basically coming off career years. So there's a, a real good chance for them to get a lot more on the open market or at least a longer deal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the Brewers are going to have some tough decisions to make here in the next couple of weeks. It's a, it's a poor time of year to be playing as bad as we are because, um, you know, it, it, it puts the organization in kind of a weird spot. And, you know, at the, the, in June, the Cubs playing as bad as we were, so we didn't really lose a ton of ground, actually. But um, the fact is, is that the second half, the Cubs have traditionally kind of turned it on a little bit, and I don't know that we can continue to keep pace. I mean, we seemingly can't even, you know, win a series against the lowly Giants. So it's, it's a tough stretch, and it has been now for about four or five weeks. It's uh, it's, it's definitely not good. Yeah, and I guess just to, I, I guess, put a bow on it, I mean, looking at other people that we could potentially sell off, um, they're, all their stocks are low. I mean, Aguirre and Thames have picked it up a little bit, but – um, probably still not where they want to be. Uh, Thames is definitely getting close. Um, Manny Pena is uh, really doesn't have any value anymore. So I don't know. Travis Shaw, yeah. there's a name. Can't really sell yeah. when he's that low. Yeah, that's that's right. The Brewers um, looking through our notes here. Let's let me 
look at this really quickly. We've lost one, two, three, three, four, 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 five of four. I, we've, we've lost four of our last five series. Um, we split with the Reds before that. And before that was a sweep by the Padres, another series lost against the Giants, and then a split with the Astros. Um, going back to June 11th. So we're really not playing well now for, you know, uh, over a month. It's not, it's not been good for the last uh, few weeks for the Brewers. Oh, the worst part is, is that uh, when you look at the schedule, uh, this was the easiest month. Like this was the month yeah. where we were supposed to uh, get back out in first place, which we were brief. Right. Um, and then we were supposed to, you know, create a little headway and then get, all that momentum going into the trade deadline and then pick up something and say, Hey, we're going to be, you know, at this point, um, we're in a real great shape to not only make the playoffs, but repeat as central division winners and hopefully make a, another deep playoff run. Unfortunately. Yeah. Especially. Has not yeah. Won. No. And especially with other teams in the division playing as poorly as they, they have. I mean, on one hand, of course, it keeps us in contention for longer. On the other hand though, it's, it's a little frustrating that we couldn't be up five games on, on the Cubs right now with their month of June. I mean, they've had a lot of problems themselves. Um, Brewers could realistically have been up, I would say, five games on the Cubs if we had just played uh, remotely good baseball the last, you know, the last month. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, so, yeah, let's play our very brief uh, first-time ever game, overachieving or underachieving Milwaukee Brewers bullpen. Uh, All right, let's do it. Well, let's, let's start on a good note here. Josh Hader. Um, you know, he's given up a couple key home runs, but overall, of course, he's been great. So, uh, still give Josh, I would say, an A minus on the year. Yeah, I'll still say overachieving. Okay. So, he's overachieving yeah, yeah. what we expected of him. Let's, let's I guess, yes, yes, okay. yes, narrow yes, down yes. the rules a little bit. Okay. Uh, okay, so Matt Albers, over or underachieving? Overachieving. What? I would have said underachieving. Yeah. No, because I had zero expectations for him. He had a good, you know, bad game today, but um, overall, I still say on the year he's pitching a little bit better than I expected him to, which again wasn't very much. Okay, yeah, you may not have had high hopes for him. We weren't looking at 2017 Matt Albers, I guess. We were looking at 2018. I'm still gonna say yeah, he's got a under. He's got a four point. He's got a four point fifty ERA on the year. You know, he's not great. He's not awful, awful. So yeah, he's just sort of average arm out there. Alex Claudio this is a tough one. I'm going to say underachieving, um, but I also think that he's being misused a little bit. I think he should be primarily a loogie. Um, so when Council has him facing righties, it kind of ruins that for him. I don't think it's necessarily fair for him, but um, I'll still say underachieving overall. Even though he's got a 4.19 ERA, he has – he has pitched in a lot of games. He's thrown 51 games uh, already, and he threw in 66 last year uh, during the entire year. So he's going to probably surpass that, barring an injury. Um, yeah, I'll still say underachieving. Yeah, I'll say. But I don't think he's. I don't. I, but I don't think he's the main issue. So okay. Then right. I'm no, done. I mean the rubber arm definitely helps, and you know he he won't be able to be a loogie basically next year anyway. So I mean, but right. yeah, no, I I do agree with your point there. Uh, Junior Guerra. No, uh, that's another tough one. Um, pretty much exactly kind of what I had him at, actually. I don't think he's underachieving. I don't think he's overachieving. Kind of a non-answer. He's, he's kind of right within his <clears throat> career norms almost. Um, I like the fact that he's thrown 40 games. I like the fact that 
you know, he's able to throw multiple innings when he does go out there. Um, he's had some recent rough outings, but I still overall have faith in him when he's brought in. So I'll just say even. All right. I'm still going to say underachieving, although not by much. Um, I, I thought that he always really had the stuff. I mean, if your ERA is over four in a bullpen, that's probably, you're probably not doing great. So right. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Jeffers. Underachieving for sure. Yeah. Um, been hard to watch. Have been hard to watch him this year. I think that, um, you know, he's a guy that everybody wants to root for. Again, another guy, it's not awful. He does have a sub four ERA, but it's not by much and certainly far off the pace of his, you know, sterling 2018 numbers. He was eight and one last year, 1.29 ERA, 73 games. I mean, this guy was like lights out last year. And, um, you know, maybe part of that can be attributed to the fact that he came out of spring training hurt, uh, started the year on the disabled list, maybe didn't get his reps in in, in the spring as much as he, he would have. Maybe there's an underlying issue. You never know. Um, in any event, I'll say underachieving. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And then, I mean, at this point, we can just say any myriad of pers- like of people that have been shuffled between here and AAA, um, they're basically all underachieving unless you can think of a name. Um, but I can't think of anybody that's yeah. underachieving of all of them. No, I can't think of any overachievers. I'll say that a few of those guys haven't really been given prolonged stints to you know get a good look. Guys like Jay Jackson, who was recently brought back up, and guys like Donnie Wall or you know others that made kind of spot appearances on the team this year. Um, even Jake Patricia, who's now gone, but guys like that, I don't think we could really necessarily give a grade to if we were trying to give these guys grades or say that they're over or underachieving. Just didn't get a good enough look. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just been really, really frustrating. I mean, you look at that bullpen and you think, um, I mean, all those people that I just listed, they were all here last year, except for Claudio. Except for Claudio, yeah. um, You know, and it was such an absolute lights-out, dominant bullpen, and it's just not coming together this year. And yeah, the bullpen can be the bullpen can be a fickle mistress, Scott. It's uh, you know, it's 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 weird how that changes from year to year and even from month to month, and those, those dynamics can be really interesting. So I, I I will just say that if we're going to be buyers at the deadline, we have to get at least one more bullpen arm. I just cannot see this team going anywhere in the playoffs with the current bullpen or as it's currently situated, at least. Yeah, I think it's very possible. I mean, really, in reality, I mean. We probably need two or three, but um, yeah. the problem is is that every playoff contender wants a bullpen arm. So yeah. they're always high in demand, and not only that, but we're going to be looking for somebody that's not just going to be a one-year rental. We want somebody that is going to be on the team in 2020. I don't, I don't know, though, because David Stearns does have a history of going and getting bullpen arms that are free, going to be free agents at the end of the year. Last year he did that with uh, Xavier Cedeno, he did that with Joaquin Soria. And by the way, both of those guys were really solid for us in the second half, and we chose not to resign them. So, um, you know, when we're talking about the 2018 Brewers bullpen, it should be pointed out that we did lose a couple key arms from that pen besides just Canable to injury. Yeah, Cedeno wasn't great. Soria was um, – Soria was, was probably – I don't know. He was really good. I mean, he was part of that dominant bullpen. I mean – I don't know. It's just, it's just so frustrating. I mean, even Hader has been bitten by the long ball 
several times. I mean, if you look at even just there, there's probably, I don't know, three games this year that, um, yep. that have gone the wrong way because of a, a home run that he's given up. And I mean, man, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a six game swing right there. We could be having a different conversation. I, I agree. And just for the record, Xavier Cedeno posted a 1.13 ERA for the Brewers last year in 15 what? games. I said Xavier Cedeno posted a 1.13 ERA in 15 games for the Brewers last year. That's incredible. What are you doing in the postseason? Why do I think that he wasn't that good? I Maybe you weren't analyzing. I mean, you were definitely a host though last year, Scott. I mean – I don't know. I, it West just Dallas. seems maybe maybe it was a playoff thing, but it seemed like he was often brought in to face the lefty and often could not he, get them out. He had a rough playoff series. He did pitch in four games against the Dodgers and did give up some runs. He pitched only one inning, though, so it wasn't like he had extended time, but he, get, he did give up two earned runs in one inning that he did, that he did pitch. Hmm. All right. Well, I take it all back then. It sucks yeah. when stats um, get in the way of opinions. is what it is um but no it's been overall a problem you know across the board for our pitchers this year it's not just the bullpen unfortunately our starters once again have not really stepped up this year um hopefully we're seeing better walking uh jeez Chassin, i should say in the second half um his first half though was not good uh joe gonzalez has been out for a good chunk of the year with injury and signed late with the team so he really hasn't pitched all that often for the brewers um Brandon Woodruff and Zach Davies have pitched great and kind of carried the pitching staff, I would say. But, I mean, what is it that we need to do to get some of our, our starting pitching back to form as well? Or do we just need to really focus on the starting pitcher as well at the deadline if we are going to be buyers? I don't know. If we're looking for a starting pitcher, then I definitely want somebody that's going to be in the bull- or that's going to be in the rotation next year. I mean, like, I, I just don't want to give up important pieces – like important trade chips and mortgage our future for a team that right now, see, I think this is why I'm so negative right now. I mean, okay. The team has not played well. They haven't lived up to their potential. They probably overachieved quite a bit last year, which, you know, unfortunately means that they, they came down to earth a little bit this year. So maybe my hopes were a little bit too high. Um, but I just think I, – I just think that, like, there's just – the last month, they've really regressed so much that, that right now, I mean, we have, like – if you're going to say, like, things like momentum, I mean, we would have the, yeah. the least amount of momentum of any team in the Central right now. Every other fan base in the NL Central thinks that they have a better shot at making the playoffs than the Brewers fan base right now because we've been so bad for the last month. Yeah, no, that's, that's probably accurate and true, and not just from Craig. Uh, it's probably from everybody um, at this point. I, you know, I think, again, it's going to be very telling what the Brewers do do at the deadline. If, because we're mathematically close, um, David Stern sees this as a year to, quote-unquote, go for it again. I don't think that the momentum thing is quite as big of a deal right now as others. Um, I don't worry about momentum as much in July as I do in September. So, um David Stearns may look at this team and say, okay, all right, this is a group of guys mostly still intact from last year that played very well in September, um, played their best baseball actually in September of last season. Um, so maybe just with that little nudge of getting a couple guys at the deadline, that might be what propels this team back to, to kind of that, that, you know, 
hyper-aggressively winning baseball that we saw at the end of last season. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Although, again, this I'm really upset with the um, uh, the new like hard trade deadline on the 31st. Nobody else like getting through waivers that you can sneak onto the roster before September 1st. Like, can't do any of that anymore. And I think that really, really hurts small market teams because it means that if you think that you have a shot, you really have to go for it and you have to pull the trigger in July versus you know waiting until um, yeah. yeah end of august and i don't know it's and, so frustrating that you could do that i mean if you look at it last year does this team win the central without um let's see we picked up several guys granderson we picked up granderson Cedeno, um trying to think of who else was that last kind of floor oh geo was the other guy we picked up three guys and then jonathan scope was already on the team but only by a few weeks and that was a, no that was by the all-star break that was by july but um yeah. so i think it was i think it was moustakis Soria and uh, Scope were picked up before the July 31st trade deadline last year, but then it was Granderson, Cedeno, and uh, and uh, Geo still were picked up at the August 31st deadline. So it'll be really interesting to see if this means more or less activity, actually. I'm, I'm curious, as a test case this season, what that'll mean. What do you think? Do you think it's going to mean more activity or less activity for teams at the deadline? Um, I mean, I think there has to be – more activity now because um, especially when you factor in like two wild cards, there's still a lot of teams that really think that they're in it and they know that they have a fan base that is expecting them to do something and they're not going to be able to do it later anymore. So it's like right. being able to pick up people off, like off the waiver wire was kind of like your halfway, like, um, well, yeah. I want to improve the team, but I don't want to mortgage the future. There's not a lot that I have to really trade to get these guys. They're like, Right. Usually overpaid players or overpaid players that um, you don't have to necessarily give up a lot for, but they're still good or they're right. just average players that are just filling a need for your team. I mean, without those three guys, we probably don't win the central. We get into one game um, wild card game and then who knows how that goes. I mean, ask the Cubs how that feels, you know, I mean, Right. In the driver's right. Well, seat but, all year, thought they were going to, you know, win the division, and then they get a one-game playoff game, and they're smoked, and their season's done. <laughs> by, the, by the flip side of that, though, more teams being in it may mean that teams are also not willing to trade guys, too. So it could be it, there may be less trading partners for, you know, teams that are in contention to trade with, and the guys that are available then might have a higher price tag as well that might drive down some activity. So, yeah, but I think it could go either way. I'm, I'm actually really curious to see what happens this year. I should probably just look and be like, oh, okay. Like, actually, this would be pretty easy. Okay, so let's just look at um, – there's still a good amount of teams that are complete, like almost completely out of it. I mean, Blue Jays, Orioles, um, mm-hmm. Royals, Tigers, like uh, Mariners have already sold everything. That's, that's pretty much it in the AL, I guess. I mean, there's some teams mm-hmm. that are great, but um, Mets and Marlins – and I'm just going to say everybody in the NL Central is still in it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, even the Reds claim that they're going to go for it at the deadline. And then the Giants, and I can't see the Padres selling much because they spend so much in the offseason. But, I mean, there's right. still a good amount of teams there, and, and those teams are going to um, – they're going to be able to get, like, to reload pretty quickly because they might have multiple um, chips. I mean, even just looking at – 
the Giants this year, I mean, we, we like we've always been tied to like, oh, let's go get Will Smith, or maybe we should look at Baumgartner. Like they're gonna, right? They're likely gonna make multiple trades. Yeah, I would agree with that, and um, maybe less blockbusters and more one-on-one deals. Because it seems like you can get more for guys one-on-one right now than a blockbuster deal. But we'll see what happens with that. Have you gotten any? And we'll get this. We'll get to this in more detail in our next podcast because it'll be a little bit closer to the deadline and another week of games here. We'll Kevin Sude maybe it'll paint the the picture a little clearer for the Brewers. But have you got any inside information from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, about guys that the Brewers might particularly be interested in, Scott? When you talk to our anonymous source, Tom Carter. Um. Wow, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to begin with this. Actually, Tom told me that he was uh, considering cutting us off for the trade deadline with some of his insider information because he said that we keep like saying his name and like he wants to be anonymous on the show and all that kind of stuff but like no that's ridiculous we gave him plenty of credit last year like I know. you know I, I, I don't know if he was like joking fly- or what but like he he basically said that um the next two weeks the way that the Brewers play is going to be very telling so uh, as far as what they're going to do. So I, I, I don't know. All I mean, right. Might well, be the type of thing helpful. where this team, the last thing this team really wants to do right now is go 500 for the next two weeks. Like it's almost yeah, where no, you, you better like No, I'm of the same mindset. I, I actually fully agree with that. So I, I'm hoping that it's winning 10 games and, you know, picking up three, four games on the Cubs, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting as always. And it seems like there's never a year where the Brewers can comfortably, uh, you know, look at the deadline and say, all right, we're, we're for sure going to be going for it. And we're, you know, going to be able to coast into the playoffs. That just really hasn't happened since 2011. So, um, we'll be very interesting, I guess, to see where we kind of end up in the, uh, the next few weeks. So, um, one move that we should discuss really quickly here on the show before, uh, getting to some email questions. Uh, Mauricio Dubon uh, made his debut, as you know, from our last podcast. It was last uh, Sunday. And he has already been sent back down to AAA San Antonio. Uh, pitcher Jay Jackson was recalled in his place. Um, that was the only roster move uh, this week. Jay Jackson had appeared for the Brewers earlier on in the season, I believe in April, um, but had posted very good numbers down in AAA. Uh, with San Antonio. Scott, what do you think of this move? Um, Dubon heading back down to the minor leagues after only getting two at bats, actually. Um, I hate to say it, but it's kind of what I expected. Um, I think when it came out that Arcia was just going to be day-to-day with his injury, uh, I think he was just right. up here for a safety net. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's possible that I, I would have – I wouldn't mind seeing um, him up for a little bit longer and maybe send Saladino down, but – yeah, and that was kind of the debate on Twitter. I think everybody was kind of saying, okay, well, our bullpen clearly needs some guys, some reinforcements. Jay Jackson has been pitching great in AAA, but, you know, was it Saladino or Dubon that should have gotten sent down? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Saladino started off white hot last year when he when he came up, and um, then he kind of fell back down to earth, and um, we still don't know what, I guess, what we have in Dubon. And so I, I kind of wanted to, to see more of that. I mean, I, I don't know. But we'll see what happens. Um, I, I have a feeling that if he isn't traded, that um, he will be back up at some point this year. Uh, but you never know. 
Yeah, and I would I would put Dubon at the top of the list of guys that'll be likely out of the organization and, and be a trade uh, if the Brewers do decide to become sellers. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Let's check out. You know how I said. Um, oh, it'll be interesting to see how we play the next two weeks. So here's what we got. Um, we're home against the Braves for three. Then we go to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who um, are kind of sneaky good-ish, I guess. I don't know. I wish Craig was here. He'd tell us how great the Diamondbacks are. <laughs> or, or they're, 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 not, they're, not that, they're not that great. No, they're not, they're not that great. But um, I guess if you go by, like, that run differential Pythagorean kind of thing, um, people think that they're very, very good this year. I think they're okay. So. Yeah, Craig, I don't think Craig uses that. I think he uses war, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think Craig necessarily likes War either. I mean, if I mean if you go by War, Jeremy Jefferson is more valuable than Josh Hader last year. So, I mean, I'm not mm, interesting. Interesting. But Jefferson had an amazing year last year too. So then after that, um, just to round out up to the trade deadline, uh, we're at home for three versus the Reds, and then three versus the Cubs, and then we play uh, the Athletics the last two days of the month uh, in Oakland. So not an easy schedule by any means. I mean. No, not at all. Um, and like you pointed out earlier in the show, it's, un- it's unfortunate because we were, you know, supposedly having our easiest month the last, you know, four or five weeks and uh, did not make much ground. In fact, lost ground uh, during that time. So, yeah, not, not the best. But, again, we'll, we'll see. If you're, you know, a playoff team, you're going to have to play a great team. So um, this will be a good test case for the Brewers, and we'll – see where we're at and adjust accordingly. I, I'm confident that Stearns can at least adjust, um, you know, even at the last minute, if need be, he's shown that he can do that in previous years, whether it's acquiring guys or being a seller. So I think that uh, this year will be no different with that. Let's just hope that, you know, if we're going to restock that it's not going to be a long, I don't think it'll be a long rebuild or something. You know, if we're going to get rid of guys like Moustakis or Grandall, I think we're going to get guys who are near major league ready for those guys, but um, we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, should be interesting. So do you want to make any uh, prediction for the next week with uh, three at home at the Braves and then four on the road against the D-backs? Um, yeah, I guess. We'll go three and – we got seven games total. Yep. Yeah, three and four, which is exactly what I do not want to happen, but yeah. No, exactly. No, I – I had three and four before that. I wanted, I'm like, oh, I should switch it up just to be different, but I'm going to stick with it. Three and four sounds about right. I think that's the first time that I actually picked them uh, to have a, a week under 500. But um, I don't know. I mean, this last month, it's really uh, – it's been yes. a trying month. Taking its toll. Taking its toll, Brewer fans. Um, well, let's, let's stay with it. Then we'll hopefully be wrong and the Brewers will have a winning week and – would love to rattle off a you know six and one or five and two weeks, but um, we'll see what happens. It's a, it is a long season, so there are periods of you know for any team that is in Major League Baseball that goes through droughts like this. But you know you can't make them for over a month long. It's got to be something that you know there's a course correction at some point. And again, the only benefit that we can really point to at this at this stage is that the Cubs and other division foes have also not played very well. So the Brewers are mathematically still right in it. Um, it's just kind of a, a matter of how, how long we can expect the other teams to also not play well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks for a variety of reasons. Um, Scott, let's get quickly to our mailbag here. Um, I think that we had some questions 
that came into our email account, which again, folks, is podcasts with an S at gmail.com. Um, this question comes from Lindsay Gosden, uh, and it's specifically addressed to you, Scott. And she says, Scott Bartell, so great to reconnect, dude. Uh, who do you think should be the odd man out if the Brewers are to release someone from the bullpen as it's currently situated? Will there be movement in the pen at the deadline? XOXOXO, Lindsay Gosden from Bayshore, Wisconsin. Um, I hate to say it, but the odd man out, wait, I'm sorry. When did she say odd man out when at the deadline or? Yeah. She said at the, at the deadline, should there be anyone that's like, first of all, flat out released uh, at the deadline or should there be, um, you know, which guy do you think is most likely to be gone out of the bullpen? I think at the deadline is her question besides all the XOs. Um, I hate to say it, but with all the, with, all the stuff we've already talked about in this episode, I think Corbin Burns really needs like a solid month down in the minors. Like literally I would send him down today and say, you're finishing the season um, in San, San Antonio and you're going to, um, and we're going to like pitch yourself back onto this roster. Like just go back to your fundamentals and get your locations back down and uh, where, like get your location better. And let's, let's reevaluate then. Yeah, she didn't write to me, but I, I would totally agree with that. I think that you could sense the frustration in my voice at the beginning of the episode. But, yeah, I think Corbin Burns has, has got to be out at this point. And, um, you know, it remains to be seen if there's, uh, you know, something that's wrong with his mechanics or if it's mental or what it is. But I, some time in the minor league might be beneficial for him and not this, you know, go down for four days type of thing like the last time or even two weeks like one of the other times. But really – Take a solid month, month and a half, the remainder of the minor league season, and just work it out. You've got to figure it out because, you know, with his live arm and his talent, he's got the chance, you know, in 2020 to be a key member of this team again. But it's going to have to come from, you know, him fixing whatever issues he currently has because it's obviously not working as it stands. Yeah, and if I have to pick a second person, I think the next person up would probably wind up being Freddie Peralta, who uh, still shows flashes of brilliance also, but just gets he's just getting hit too much fair enough okay well um did you want to get into do we have any twitter polls this week that your interns put up um i actually didn't put any up i was going to put one up saying what we needed most at the deadline and then um i think it was like 1057 the fan literally put it up four minutes before i did so i was like "Ah, i guess i'm not going to put it up i'll i'll wait Uh, well, fair enough. Let's uh, remind our, our listeners then you can follow us on Twitter at Brew Crew View One. Um, we do try to monitor that very often and are regularly posting stuff on Twitter. So please give us a follow. Yes, please do that. And also, if you are uh, so kind uh, to download our wonderful podcast and listen to us and give us those five star ratings, uh, we absolutely appreciate it. And frankly, if there's anything that we can do, um, you know, to make this experience even as fun for you as it is for us, uh, please feel free to message us and let us know because uh, uh, it's always great uh, just running into people who know us and say, oh, I listened to that last episode. That was pretty good. Um, you know, stuff like that. Just running into people in random Milwaukee bars like back in the day. That was always fun. So, um, yeah, really appreciate it, guys. That's true. And speaking of having fun, let's hope our next podcast is uh, more fun because the Brewers are back to their winning ways. So we'll uh, we'll remain optimistic here on the Brew Crew Review. And 
Um, you know, with that, we'll, we'll leave you for, uh, for the week, but, uh, thanks again for listening. We enjoyed, uh, talking some baseball with you guys here on a beautiful Sunday afternoon and, uh, it'd be nice to get to the grill tonight and, and kind of forget about the, uh, <laughs> the last few Brewer games, Scott. Yeah, guys, just remember this. It's going to get better. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Sounds like a good mantra for the team. All right. All right There's guys. a realistic chance that it might get better. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I, and I'm the optimist. So <laughs> sounds good, guys. Well, thanks as always for tuning in. Remember to give us a follow and uh, stay classy, Brewer fans. Yep. Stay classy and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Dun, 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 dun.